yes, you have picked your mother. Yes, you have picked your father. Yes, you have picked your sisters. Yes, you have picked your brothers. You have picked your coworkers. You have picked all these people in your little soul group to reincarnate with, to learn lessons. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realized it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Coming to you live. You're just admiring a look on Instagram. Coming Looking to you live so and in good. color, always in color. Always in color. Makes my day. I make sure that I look. watch his stories every day because it does actually make me so happy. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Mm-hmm. You can really curate fucking amazing people. I've been really into a lot of illustrators lately. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, dude. And Alexander Roxo has been crushing it. Her captions. Hold, please. Hey, Chloe, grab me my phone, please. <laughs> I'm actually being fucking serious. <laughs> I'm not being not serious, but serious. Thanks, honey. I'm being a boss. I'm being a boss. <laughs> Dude, her captions have been crushing it. She's one of my favorite people actually ever that doesn't even really know it. Let me read the caption that she posted the other day that I actually needed to hear it on Sunday. You guys, if you don't follow Alexandra Roxy, you have to. And if you think her yeah. eyes are fake, they're not fake. They are yeah. windows she to a soul. Them. Yeah, she does. Oh, come on. Is it the mediocrity one? Um, no, it was like making room in your day. I don't know. Where is it? It was like, dude, fucking Instagram. Fucking so annoying. It's like, Hi. No, because the post showed up for me yesterday, but it was probably 80 years old. Oh, yeah, the algorithm's fucked. Recipe for a dark moon, a tired mind, too much doing and not enough being for a deep recharge, a free day solo retreat, a coming home to you. Cancel all plans and create some alone time. Wear something comfortable and cozy. Make a nest with your favorite pillows and blankets. Mm. Gather props, books, cards, playlists, candles, pets, etc. Turn phone on. Do not disturb. Now just sit and look around. Now close eyes and meditate. Now nap. Now make tea. Now listen to music. Now meditate again. Now make nourishing food. Now bless it and notice its colors that are about to make love to you. Now listen to more music without doing anything else. Now journal. Now take a salt bath. Listen, listen, listen. Voice note someone you love. Do dishes slowly as if it could enlighten you. Journal again. Now you're probably crying or laughing by now. This means it's working. You want to know if you're going in the right direction in life, where you should be putting energy or less, if this lover is right for you or this one, if you should move or not, create space and listen. You may be surprised by what you hear, the deep messages that come to you. But when they come from the deepest parts of your post-meditation and calm moments, you know you can trust those messages. 
Took me a day of quiet and rest yesterday to reclaim a part of myself I was avoiding. And so I woke up feeling amazing. I have come home to me. Love her. It's beautiful. I love the, um, do the dishes, let it enlighten you. Like doing like the little things that we don't really think about or maybe that we think are chores and just like being so present doing it that it could perhaps enlighten you. And I love that. I just beautiful. Yeah, man. I mean, it's funny when I'm, I totally allow that to happen. And then there are days that I'm, I'm so resistant to it and I'm wondering why, Mm -hmm. like what that is. I don't know. You know, Mine's like, there's like an energy during the week. <laughs> Justin mm. calls it nine to five pen. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm during nine to five. I'm, I don't, you don't I, fuck around. Do not fuck around. There's no allowing of anything, but mm-hmm. doing, <laughs> which is, well, I think that serves you, it serves, serves you, me. serves the business so well, but also I think you will evolve too mm-hmm. as like, as the business changes mm-hmm. and, and we get more, um, space to be creative instead Mm -hmm. of kind of being in the nitty gritty. I think that will allow more space to kind of like play and like use those moments of maybe just freedom without schedule to, like she said, just listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's powerful. It's so powerful. She's ultimate goddess. I know. I mean, number one, number freaking one, Alexandra Roxo. Follow her on Instagram. She's the best. Um, how are you doing? Good. Yeah. I actually had to create space this weekend. Went to the park. I got surgery Friday. I had a lipoma on the, my back. It's like, um, a fatty cell, fatty mass. It's Is it like tissue. Yeah. It's probably mm. like this big. It's probably two inches long and one inch deep. Wow. And it's tissue. So it's just like a cell or like a fat cell that sits above the muscle underneath the skin that like has kind of gone rogue and starts to like multiply. Dude, the body's crazy. I don't know why, if there's like a trauma, but it happens to a lot of people and, Mm -hmm. you know, it it can grow or it cannot, but where mine was like on my spine was like a little weird. So whatever. So I had surgery. So I had to kind of chill this weekend. I went to the park alone, which was nice. Yeah. How was that? It was amazing. I just sat in the park. I looked like a fucking crazy ass because I was just like dirty and messy. Justin's like, you smell like I'm going on a walk. My smelly ass. Literally, he's like, you smell. He's like, I'm telling you as a friend, but you smell. I'm like, I'm going to go on a walk. I just had surgery, dude. I literally was like, shut the fuck up. I just had surgery, dude. I feel like everyone who has surgery smells. Smells. You just smell. Yeah. I just smell. Because you can't take a shower properly unless someone is going to bathe you. Literally. I'm like, I don't want that. Um. And then we just so chill. how did it feel to like kind of slow down or be forced to slow down a little bit? Felt good, yeah. But I felt guilty all weekend. Felt good, but then I just mm. felt like I was like, oh, I should be connecting with my friends. I haven't connected with my friends. What are my friends doing? I should be doing this with them. Like I had FOMO with that. I worked a lot, which was nice though, because I got to like do some stuff that I haven't been able to like do. So that was actually really nice. And then, yeah, it felt good. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. You know. It's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It was it was it But was I'm glad good. you got to kind of We're doing stuff to the apartment too, which was really nice. Oh, nice. So I just want to get that done. I don't know. It was like a good weekend, but also just like kind of a hard weekend. Well, th- 
Also, it's hard. You were put under. Mm-hmm. How did that I, feel? It feels like ass. You feel yeah. like ass. Like you feel so foggy. I can imagine that like people told you what it's like to be put under and then mm-hmm. you come out of it kind of anticipating that all of those things are going to happen or mm-hmm. it's just kind of like a... You just feel sad too. for your body. You know, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, oh, I'm sorry. Totally. You know, we're just got to do this and we got to... Your body doesn't really know what's going on and mm-hmm. they get... I was. I have so many pain pills. I'm like, who wants to buy? I literally have so many. Oh, really? They yeah. just give them to you? Hydrocodone. Did you take it when you first came home? No, not at all. They gave Do you me have a high pain, pain, pain uh, I don't know. They gave me a, a Tylenol, like 800. So I have these pills. I'm like, I don't want these. Yeah. If anyone wants to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, it's my dream. I'm like, I want to make a quick 400 bucks. iTunes shuts us down. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make a quick 400. Um, how was the birthday? Did you sing? Oh yeah, the, so my one of my uh, close friends turned forty. And so she had incredible. a uh, yeah, so fun. So like she wears like black, simple kind of whatever all the time, and she came out in this. Showed I was out. like, good for you. She showed I up. Forget, she was in like this um, crushed velvet jumpsuit, and it was just amazing. This blue color, so pretty, and yeah, it was a blast. Um, yeah, I sang the the guy I was supposed to like. A, who was supposed to accompany me canceled a couple hours before. He was at the party. Came up to me like. I'm so sorry. I just, and I was like, Hey, it's all good. Like I, it's funny when, why, why did he come? Oh, cause he was invited. Yeah. He's like one of their friends, but he got nervous. He got nervous and he didn't, he's like, I just don't feel prepared. Meanwhile, we had rehearsed like two hours the day before also. And by the way, love him, love everyone. Everything was fine, but it's like, this is not about you. And it's actually not about me either. Even if it blew it's just about us having fun and singing a song that Anna loves and it just being fun. So I was just like, I actually, it's funny when I feel myself become allergic to someone and unable to give them the attention that they want. Do you know what I mean? So I was just like, Hey, it's all good. And I literally kind of just walked away. I was like, it's okay. I I don't actually want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) And I'm not mad. I just, I'm not mad. I don't want to play your game. Yeah, exactly. you're great. You're so good. You're going to rock it. It's okay, but you're so good. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I, I it's don't. It's weird. It, it was, and I, for me, I was like, oh, I know. Because it's self-indulgent. It, I don't want to play that. It's totally self-indulgent. And it's also, um, I'm like, oh, how you do this one thing is probably how you do a lot of things in your life. And I'm, and I just had no sympathy or compassion in that moment. So I was just like, ah, uh, sorry. I'm not here to play. I'm not here. Cause I was like, now we're at the party and like, I don't actually want to think about the fact that I don't have an accompaniment <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm going to sing acapella in a little bit and whatever, but it's going to be fine. And what if you were like, okay, I'm, yeah, I can't do it either. What if? Literally. But Joni was like, oh, you don't have to do it. My friend, uh, Anna's partner, um, Joni was like, oh, you don't have to do it anymore. Like, no worries if you don't want to. I was like, no, I'm fucking doing it. Like I said, I was going to do it. Yes. We're going to have fun. People are going to like clap along and they're going to sing with me too. And it's going to be fine. And who cares? Who, literally, who, who cares? cares? That's the thing too, with people like that, it's like, this is a blip. This blip is a time. moment in time. Blip in time. After this happens, no one's thinking about it again. What do they think? Like, you think it's like, it's his like coming out party? Yeah, that's weird. It's going to get like discovered? Don't know. Hmm. I was like, you're not getting paid for this. This isn't a formal performance. <laughs> but anyway, it was great. Yeah, it was just really nice. We got Chloe in the house today. Chloe's here. Chloe money. We needed to rain it in a little bit. <laughs> We're like, hey, 
come over to the office. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, we want to watch you work. <laughs> She's getting too many clients from you guys. We need to watch her work. Literally. Almost 30 nation. Lay off. Yeah, lay off. <laughs> Chloe at events is like Chloe networking for work. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love you we love you i'm pumped about this episode we have tim braun on damn the this is a good one today. so good yeah this is crazy this is a really fun one he is such a doll i keep thinking about that one story where he told about um the woman that which one the um red dress which one <laughs> Oh, that one. Oh, yeah. he's going to tell it I on did the pod. something. Okay, okay. I did an action that you guys can't see, action. but that would give it away. <laughs> so like with Tim Braun, it was like when this situation happened spiritually and he's like, this is too much uh, with the, the oh, woman. Yeah, yeah. And he was like- I know we're trying not to give it away. I was I like, know, what? I know, it's like this boundary. And then Sandron <laughs> had very, a very difficult childhood in life. And there was a time in his life when he was talking to God directly without ego mm. and just saying like, right now, it, it, this is enough. Like, this is all I can take. And I just think about that situation. I, I, oh wow, you know. And I guess you have to use that sparingly. I think people would probably cry wolf a mm. lot. Maybe I, you know, I would be one of those people. But it was interesting thing to like think about that having that communication with God. Like I, I, I'm, I'm at the point where I don't feel like I can take anymore. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Tim is. So I've been seeing Tim Braun. Mm. Um, he's a world renowned medium, and I've been seeing him for about three years. I see him like once a year. He's just special. He's like different than anyone I've ever um, seen or sat with in a reading like this. Um, and what I love about Tim is that like he is, he's really helping people to deal with grief and loss. And um, both Kristen and I went to uh, Tim's office down in the OC in Southern California. And um, both of us have experienced loss in, in different capacities. And so um, we sat together and it was a really it was a funny reading. It was emotional. Um, it was spot on. He talked about our relationship. Um, we'll get into that in this interview, but yeah, I just think that's really special because I, I don't have the words to help someone. Oh, I don't always have the words to help someone dealing with um, profound loss. So I always think of Tim, like I'm like, cause I don't want to freak people out, but I'm like, mm -hmm maybe you go see a medium because honestly it is just so comforting. And, um, I always feel my loved ones in the room whenever they come through and I always leave feeling just really open and, and revived and hopeful. And, um, but anyway, he's really special and, and his whole story is very interesting. So we're just happy to bring him to you. Yeah. He was really, really good. It was, it was so interesting for me because I think I talked about it in the podcast, mm. but I'm not sure about my grandma coming through on my mom's side who we, you know, never actually got along in my life. Oh yeah. And she waved a white flag of surrender. It was very sweet. And, you know, now I it just kind of like see our relationship totally differently. And now I kind of like call on her mm -hmm. at certain times and I, I can feel her with me. And I feel so, I feel so grateful for that message, you know, to kind of like flip the script on our relationship, you know, I was so young and she was in a different situation and all these things. So it was like a really beautiful thing to kind of like heal a relationship with someone that has passed. Yeah, that was really, it was beautiful. Really, really and beautiful. I could tell my mom about it and, you know, I could give my, my mother a message that was from her mother. And mm. yeah, that was just, it was really, really special. And 
it didn't feel like, I guess sometimes with, with mediumship, I always wonder like, is this going to just try and continue a conversation? Like I could imagine that, and Tim talked about this, mm. that you would go repeatedly because you, it's kind of like you want that, you want that line. Connection, you yeah. want that connection. You're like, I miss this person and you're my connection to that person. So I'm going to keep going to you repeatedly because I really miss this person and you're the only chance I get to talk to this person. So I was like always thinking about that when I went to them. And it was like interesting with that because I didn't expect her to come. I didn't expect that, but it felt like a really good closure piece. And now I feel like I have an ability to communicate with her on my own. You know, who knows if I, I I don't, I don't know how much I have that ability, but like just even feeling like I, I can try and I can sometimes be like, Hey, if you're here, like, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so thankful that we're together. And I'm, you know, so it was just like really nice to have it as like a jumping off point for me for that. Totally. Yeah. It was really nice. Then you had your same dude come through. Oh yeah. Yeah. So my, I I don't actually, I don't know if we discussed it either in, in the interview, but yeah, one of my um, friends from college, he passed away suddenly a few years ago and he's come through two years in a row. And the first year I didn't quite know who it was. I was kind of confused because he and I were kind of close. Um, Anytime we saw each other, it was as if, you know, I was one of his close friends. He's just that type of person. And so he came through this time with Krista in the room and um, it was very funny because it was spot on and he was like showing off his muscular thighs and his nice legs because he was a hockey player. But he said in the reading, he's, he said, um, you know, I want to help you. Like you don't know, but I, I know I probably didn't make as a profound impact on you, but you made a profound impact on me and I want to help you. So please ask for my help. And I was like, oh, that is mm. so interesting. And I never would have thought that we were just always so nice and, and warm to each other, but I didn't really think anything beyond that. Mm. And, um, and he's like, can you please pass, like take this, you know, recording or, you know, whatever this is, maybe a memory, if you can pass along verbally to mm. people that you know, that, you know, are still grieving over my, you know, my passing. Um, and I did, I passed it along to a handful of his friends and they were really grateful. And, and what's so nice is that on the other side, they are their best form. So if you can imagine anyone that's passed in your life um, at their healthiest, most vibrant, funny, alive, that is how they are on the other side. So it's always really um, beautiful when they come through because they are, if they were funny, they're going to be funny. If they were a troublemaker, they might cause a little trouble. Like it's, it's very, it's very sweet. So yeah, my cousin came through. Oh yeah. He's, um, he had cystic fibrosis. So he was, um, you know, handicapped for most of his life. And he recently passed very suddenly, um, unexpectedly. He was eight years old, which is where, you know, what period are you even at in your life right then? It's like, what, is, what are you even, eight. it's like, you're not even at any period that like even, it's crazy. Exactly. So um, in the reading, he came through and he was like running around and, you know, he had like a very able, healthy. It was so sweet. Body. It was so sweet. And Tim was like, so I'm not going to give him attention right now because he <laughs> wants me to give him attention and I yeah. need him to settle down. Yeah. He's like, he's like running around. He's like <laughs> so excited, like all of these things. Oh. And he needed to learn patience was something that Tim mm. was saying. Also too, how he would, Tim said that he's helping me with my move. And I told Justin, I was like, Ross is helping me with my move. Isn't that hilarious? And Justin like was dying. He's like, that's so funny. But now I understand because mm. in the my new apartment, I had to like do a little energy work with, you know, what, 
our, the new space. So it was like, he was helpful with that. I forgot he said that. Isn't that sweet? I was like, I didn't get it. I'm like, how are you helping me move? And now I get it. Wow. Yeah. Cause there was a, that's so sweet. So sweet. So, um, so excited for you to listen to this guys. This is the best. The best. Um, yeah. Join our secret Facebook group. If you mm-hmm. haven't already, we have kind of rounded out our domestic tour for 2018, but get ready for the new year. Um, we will be in Vancouver in December. Um, which we're really, really excited so about. So excited. Um, so check out our website for that. We have two events in uh, Vancouver. So go to almost30podcast.com slash tour to check out our Vancouver dates. Those are going to be awesome. And then I wanted to read the review of the week. Yes. So sweet. This is from Aviv13 from the US of A. Five stars, an enriching podcast. Almost 30 has been such a game changer for me. I love the content, interviews, sponsors, etc. Krista and Lindsay are so relatable and genuine and they actively strive to keep an open mindset and a true desire to learn about new topics and others' points of view, whether or not they agree with them. The Almost 30 Podcast Facebook group has been such an amazing community of information-seeking, intelligent women that are kind and loving. Mm-hmm. I am so thankful to have found this podcast. Keep up the life-changing work, ladies. So sweet. That's really beautiful. It's crazy. Our reviews are really long and thoughtful and sweet and like whatever they are, if it's a a few words or if it's paragraphs, it it means a lot when you guys write reviews. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Enjoy this episode. We will see you on the flip. See you on the flip. Before we jump into your story and everything, just to finish our conversation about when you do large events Mm -hmm. and you get messages. So what's that like when you look out into an audience and like, who do you choose to get them in? Do some people have people behind them or what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Um, When I do the shows, um, I have no control who I go to. So when I do the big casino shows, those are like 700 plus people at those shows. And I've already Mm -hmm. done five of those shows at Paula Casino here in California. And when I go out there, I basically just trust spirit and they guide me to where I need to go. And I'm scared sometimes because I have no control who's going to come through, what's going to be said. After I do the meditation, I just basically open myself up to spirit. And the reason why I do the opening meditation is really to protect myself and protect the people that I read. So basically I blanket the audience with pure white light so that no negative energy, no negative forces can come in. It's all pure love. So anybody that's going to come in comes in through the light. Mm. And like, just for example, when I did my first Paula show, and that's like, there are people that are just trying to buy tickets at the very end. And they're saying, I'm sorry, you know, we're, we're sold out at 700, we're capped out. And so the whole um, audience was totally packed. And so I went into the audience and I just basically went all the way into the very, very back. I couldn't even see back there because because you know the lighting when you're on the stage, mm-hmm. um, you can't see so much. So I just knew that the 23 year old, 24 year old male Caucasian male that was in spirit was there in the last row, going over three seats over. So I says, I'm in the very last row, three seats over. I says, I have a Caucasian male. He's 23 years of age. He died of heroin, and so you have to be very specific for spirit because who it's going to go to has mm-hmm. to make sense. It has to fit. And the woman raised her hand in the second seat over, not the third seat, but the second seat over. And she says, that's for me. That's my son. And so um, found out later he was 23 and um, he died of a heroin overdose. Um, But, you know, when we do work like this, sometimes it's very specific, like last row. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not so specific because I was the third row, third seat over. It was the second seat over, but I couldn't (laughs) see. I was just going off of what I was being told. 
Right. But, uh, you know, whenever I do the work for them, I work for them. I always tell my clients that. I said, you know, all of you might be paying me to do the work, but I don't work for you. I work for spirit. So whatever comes through, comes through. And I'm not a filter. I say everything that comes through, whether it's a cuss word or whether it's a good word or whether it's a bad word or whether it's too personal, I say it because they use my vocal box in order to speak. And you know what? When I did that show and that 23-year-old Caucasian male came through and he was kept on showing me his abs. And so what I think I did is I think I lifted my shirt up. If I didn't, I pretended like I lifted my shirt up. And, and um, you got them abs. So. Yeah, well, I don't, I, I, I don't know if I did or didn't. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember, totally. but I remember I kept in saying, you know, he keeps on lifting up his shirt and showing off his abs. And then she broke down crying. And mm. she says, you know, in that time, P90X was the big exercise thing. And she goes, he was constantly doing P90X up until he died. Wow. So we got more of the validation. So that was really a, a nice validation. Um, and I have no idea, you know, even when I do my individual sittings for mm. clients, even for a one-on-one, I have no idea who's going to come through. As I say, it's a crapshoot. You know, you can basically yeah. um, want someone to come through and ask in your mind for someone to come through. Many times that person will come through, but not always. Not always. And what would be the reason that they wouldn't? Sometimes a person will step back to let someone else in. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, um, this is going back about seven or eight years ago, I had a woman who came to the office and she really wanted to hear from her father and she wanted to hear from her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, the husband wasn't coming through. And at the very end, she says, you know, where's my husband? And I said, I don't know where your husband is. But I says, don't give me any information about him. Because if you ever come back and have another sitting with me, I don't want to know any information that you already told me that you lost a husband. <laughs> um, and so um, in that session, her father kept on coming through and kept on repeating one thing. Tell your, and this woman was in her mid looking mid to late 60s. Mm-hmm. The father and spirit kept on coming through and saying, you know, tell your brother and tell your sister I love them. Tell your brother and tell your sister I love them. And so she looked at me and she goes, well, I have a brother, but I don't have a sister. And I'm like, okay, well, this is what I'm hearing. And so I just kept on saying it. So I said it like four or five more times. She was getting pissed with me <laughs> because she just thought I was just like a quack, right? Yeah. And, she, and that's when the very end, she was, where's my husband? I'm like, I don't know where your husband is, but your father keeps on saying, give you know, love, his love to your brother and sister. So long story short, she called about, up about two weeks later and I actually um, answered the phone and um, don't know why, but usually um, <laughs> on a Sunday um, afternoon, I usually let it go to voicemail. She was crying hysterically and she goes, do you know who I am? And I says, no, I don't. She goes, I had a sitting with you two or three weeks ago. And I says, I don't remember. And she goes, I'm the one that um, said from my father, give hellos and and love to my brother and sister. And I thought to myself, oh, I remember you now. (laughs) (laughs) I remember you, Mm -hmm. the crazy lady that- She wants refund. (laughs) Well, I didn't think she wanted a refund. I thought that she was just going to basically just say, you know, you're just so wrong. You're just so off. I'm like, well, you know, check it out. Well, she basically called her brother, as she told me, in New York. And she goes, I called my brother right after the sitting, and I told him the crap that you are telling me. And my brother in New York, <laughs> who's 72 years of age, says, well, it's about time you we should tell you. <gasps> I just got goosebumps. <laughs> oh, my God. And she said, tell me what? 
And this is how I knew that she was in her late 60s because he goes, well, basically back in the 40s, dad had an affair and and we have a half-sister. And we just never want to tell you because we just didn't think that you were ever old enough. And then she said, well, I'm 67 fucking years of age. Don't you think I'm old enough now? And that's what she said in her own words. And so that woman really became a client for life. She referred a lot of people to me, which was nice of her. But, you know, whenever I do my work, I have to trust. And, you know, I am so ethical and so honest for the work that I do. And when she said at the very end, you know, where's my husband? You know, sure, if I was a shyster, I could say, oh, yeah, there he is. He's giving you a kiss on the cheek. You know, but (laughs) the thing is, is that, you know what, if I play that game, it's called karma. And when I pass over, the spirit's going to say, hmm, so you took those people's money and you lied to them. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to play that game. You know what? So God giveth, God taketh. And that's for anything. And I always stay humble about everything. You know, we can have ego. That's great. But as long as it's healthy ego. And I always say, you know, God giveth, God taketh. So we always have to stay within our own humbleness as far as whether we're an athlete or an actress or uh, a sportscaster or even a medium. You know, we do our work and we do our work Mm. 110% as best we can. There is no different... A difference for me to you to, and what I mean by that is like you do this podcast and you do it with intention and you put your 110% into it. There's no difference between you and me. There's no difference to us than a school teacher who basically gives his or her 110% effort. There's no difference to a mother or a janitor at the high school who gives 110%. You know what? It's our jobs that we're supposed to be doing here on this planet. And it doesn't matter what we do as long as we do it 110% as best as we possibly can. And for that being said, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you do it with intention, integrity, Mm. and honesty. And so when I do my work with that, and she was basically saying, where's my husband? I'm like, I don't know. But, you know, your father basically keeps on saying this. So long story short, again, uh, just so Mm. I know you guys have a lot of questions asked me, um, she reached out to that half-sister and now they're in communication, Mm. you know? So that's a nice thing too, you know? So, you know, it's, it's a really, every sitting is very, very different. What a gift. Yeah. Um, Ours was so good. Oh, so good. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners, who you are. And then also, I know that it was from a very young age that mm-hmm. you've realized this gift. So I'd love to go back there and kind of see the trajectory of sure, to where sure. you are now. Um, well, my name's Tim Braun, and you can find me at Tim Braun Medium on Instagram if you ever want to connect with me there. I've been doing this work for. Mm, well, about 21, 22 years now. I've done over 15,000 individual one-on-one sittings in about 12 countries. And people say, how do you know that you've done 15,000? Do you have like a little ticker taper in your (laughs) your desk there? I'm like, no, but I've been doing this work for 21 years. You know, I do um, six sittings a day, four days a week. So do the numbers. And wow. so ever since I started, I've always been booked up and, um, and I love, I love my work, you know, um, mm-hmm. I'm a Capricorn, I'm a workaholic and I just <laughs> loved what I do. But I started when I was in my 
mid-20s, early to mid-20s was when I started doing my very first sitting. Mm. And um, for me, it all started back when I was about six or seven years of age. And it was a very hard, hard time because when I was about six or seven years of age, my um, brother, who is and who was and is 18 years older than myself, was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Mm. So here I'm, you know, six years of age, being with this young adult in my home, and he's basically hearing voices, and I'm hearing voices, and he's screaming at voices, and I'm like looking at people who are not there but are mm. there. So I really thought, you guys, that for many, many years, I was losing my mind. So looking back at that, that was a total blessing in disguise. And how it was a total blessing in disguise is because from six years of age until I was about 21, 22 years of age, every time I saw spirit out of my peripheral vision, I would look the other way. So if I saw spirit off to my left, I would turn the other way to the right. I just ignored it. And I constantly did that year after year. So I basically disciplined that muscle to turn it off. And then I realized that after the young age of being 21, 22 years of age, that I wasn't mentally ill. Now, some mm-hmm. of my Catholic family members think I'm mentally ill still, <laughs> but I'm certifiably not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I come from a very, very Catholic mm. family, and I always, you know, make fun of that because, you know, both my parents are ministers for the, for the Catholic Church. Wow. So, you know, with them both being kind of high up in the hierarchy in the Catholic Church, I always, you know, tell my large, large audiences, I said, especially for those who are Jewish out there, I say, you know, <laughs> you guys invented the guilt when we just perfected it, you know? <laughs> and it's just really the truth because um, that's what it is. But, you know, it all started for me when I was in Hawaii. I gave my very first sitting in Hawaii. And I was with a friend mm-hmm. out there and uh, he... Um, uh, grew up there. So we went back there and we had dinner with one of his friends who was a firefighter for the Honolulu Fire Department. And so how Spirit arranged what we said at the, at the dinner table, the firefighter, the Portuguese firefighter sat right next to me and the table is kind of elongated where, you know, my friend and the man's wife and his two kids sat at the other end. So I kept on hearing this voice. I'm like, okay, this is crazy because the same voice I heard when I was six years of age. And I know that when I was in my early twenties, I allowed myself to start being receptive to it again because I knew that I wasn't losing my mind because getting schizophrenia after 21 years of age is is next to impossible. So I kept on hearing two things. And I said, you know, I said, I just have to tell you something. And he goes, in his very tough Hawaiian look, <laughs> firefighter, and he basically says, yeah, what is it? And I said, well, I keep on hearing this woman's voice, and I says, I know it's a mother, and I said, she keeps on saying, tell you to start grieving over her passing and to start joking around with her again, and that's all I said. And I says, the only reason I'm saying this to you is because if I do, I know the voice will stop speaking to me. Once I said that, this man just broke down crying, and it was so hard for him to cry because when his children and his wife looked at him crying, it was a little bit embarrassing for them in a way because they never seen this man ever shed a tear in his life. So they basically started getting a little bit of a huddle of a conversation. They didn't want to take part in it because they just want to let him grieve. And he just looked at me and he said, you know, my mother just died three months ago. And he goes, I'm the youngest of the four Hawaiian children. I was the only one that joked with her. He goes, everybody else was afraid of her. She was a tough woman, but I was the only one that joked with her. And at the funeral, everybody else cried except me. And I haven't cried until this very day. So that was my very first sitting. And that was in a restaurant in Kailua, Oahu. And that was going back in in the late 1990s. 
So, um, you know, fast forward, here I am with you. Wow. <laughs> here you are at the peak. <laughs> so were you ever like, were you ever in any other jobs or anything like that where yeah. you were like mm-hmm. trying to fit into a normal mold? Yeah. You know, I always, I don't know why, but I always want to be a talk show host. You kill it. Oh my uh, God, yeah. you so could. You yeah. know, I always want to be a talk show host. And so, um, I remember, you know, I, I, begged and prayed doing these manifestations, you know, right after college, I went to USC here in Southern California. And I remember after I graduated here, I thought that, you know, all the production companies were going to come, you know, knocking at my door mm-hmm. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to go knock on everybody else's door. So I kept on praying, you know, and I kept on doing these manifestations where I pull up in front of Paramount Pictures and I did it for like six weeks. And I did it for every single day. And I would read this manifestation list. I give thanks for the perfect job at Paramount. And I kept on, you know, I did this little thing. Well, six six weeks later, I found myself working at Paramount on a show there. And then I was there for about maybe three or four months. And I'm like, I can't stand it here. And so mm-hmm. I would say that same manifestation. I give thanks for the perfect job outside the gates. <laughs> and, then, and I kept on doing that for about six weeks. But when I started at the at the talk show that I was working mm-hmm. at at that time, people knew that I had the gift, and it was kind of like a word of a mouth thing. And so different people would come up to me and they say, "Hey, what do you see? What do you see?" And I'm like, "Well, it's not really the best time." Oh, come on, come on, come on! What do you see? What do you see? And I'm like, "Okay, well, this is what I see." And blah 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 blah. And all of a sudden, these people would just start crying. You know, you know, and every sitting is is usually pretty emotional, and then all of a sudden the red buzzard light would go beep beep beep. You know, the show was starting yeah. and we're alive again. These people are these production You're like, assistants. Thank God. Uh, these producers are <laughs> crying. like crying, and yeah, I'm saying thank God because it's You're like done. I'm, I'm done. But I'm like, this is not fair to them because they're going back on yeah. air and they're like wiping off tears. So mm-hmm. for six weeks praying to get away from the Paramount <laughs> Gates, um, I landed um, with a, another friend who had a healing center at that time. And I started doing my sittings um, in Torrance, um, and it was just word of mouth, and it just flourished from there. Whoa! So six weeks at that job? Do you ever- um, no, the the job was a few months um, at at Paramount uh-huh. oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Pictures, but for six weeks at the end of that job, I was manifesting. I was manifesting now. outside. You're like praying. Do you ever feel like it's frustrating? Like, do you, do you ever get annoyed? Like, if you met someone, you're like, I'm a medium, and they're like. What do you see? Mm-hmm. Does that get annoying or what do you, you know, feel about that? Um, usually when people say, um, what do you do for a living? It depends on what mood I'm in. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> so the thing is, is that if I'm like in a, in a, you know, cause listen, you know, I remember Julia Roberts, the actress, she said one time, she goes, you know, when I do my movies, I give 120% of myself and I give myself when I'm not working, let me have my downtime. And I remember that, you know, I always remember her saying that she said that many years ago. And I'm like, gosh, you know, I totally get this. When I do my work, when I do my shows, when I do my individual sittings, I give 110% of my, of myself. I just want to have my downtime. So when I have my downtime, if I'm in the mood to talk about, you know, the work that I do, I'll say, oh, my medium. And if I'm not, then I'll say, oh, I like to play around in real estate. Which That's is, a good one. Which is true. Which is uh, true because, you know, um, I have a, a four-unit apartment building that I own and, you know, I manage it myself. And cool. so it's not a lie. Love it. <laughs> now we know. Yeah. And now you all know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I would love to kind of dig in and for those who are 
very familiar with um, mediumship and, you know, being a conduit between the spirit world and the physical world and those who aren't. Can we, can you start by explaining um, the difference between kind of this physical body and the spiritual body and what happens when you do Passover? Sure. Well, first of all, for the work that I do, I'm a medium. Mm -hmm. I don't advertise myself as a psychic. Mm -hmm. However, all mediums like myself are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. So if you ever go to a psychic and you want to have mediumship, that's not going to happen many times or most of the time. But if you go to a medium and you want some psychic things to come through, you can ask that medium. And many times it will because all mediums are psychic. Um, But I don't advertise myself as a psychic. Mm -hmm. You know, I always tell my clients, whenever I do this work, I basically do a two-minute guided meditation, kind of like what I did with with you. And Mm -hmm. I've done that for every sitting. I've done that for um, you guys. I've done that for celebrities. I've done that for heads of state. I mean, anybody that you can think that has ever come to see me has come to see me. And if someone told me when I was about nine or 10 years of age that you know, heads of state, attorneys, um, top politicians, big time mm-hmm. actors and actresses would be, you know, flying in and driving to come see you. I'd say, what drug are you on? Because that's <laughs> never going to happen. <laughs> um, but it's true. And, you know, the people that come to see me, you would think that they don't. And the people that you think would come to see me, they don't. Mm-hmm. And I hope I said that right. So, yes. you know, know like, you um, as far as like, you know, sometimes like the, the hippies with the little crystals on mm, their forehead yeah. and they, they don't come to see me, but like the, many Willis. times it's the attorneys and these suits that come in and mm, these, these different wow. people that are very professional. So, but getting back to your question, when we leave this body, if we leave very unexpectedly, so for example, if we're murdered or if we basically commit suicide, but mm. it's not forethought, basically it's just very random. There's an accident that happens. Many times when we first pass over, um, for people like that, you're not greeted by those family members who you loved. You're greeted by guides and angels who greet you because those family members did not know that you're coming over. There was, there was no knowledge of that. Now, for people that are having a disease or people that are maybe fighting depression that are, are suicidal, those on spirit side will know, oh, it's not looking too good for that person. Mm-hmm. And they will surround that person. So many times when people are on their deathbed on hospice, they're basically looking out the wall and saying, oh my God, there's my mother. I haven't mm-hmm. seen her since 1936. Oh my God, there's my dog. I haven't seen that dog in 19... 19- you know, that person is actually seeing that pet. That person is actually seeing that mother come through because they're on their way out. But if that woman was murdered um, or killed, many times those people won't be there initially. They'll be there soon after because they will get the word on spirit side, but you will always be greeted by guides and your guardian angels. And to kind of put it in layman's terms, what guardian angels is and, and mm-hmm. spirit guides are, Imagine going to like the top hotel that you've ever been to and you basically, the doors open for you. I'm like, oh, wow, thank you. And then all of a sudden (laughs) you go to the hotel and the doors open and all of a sudden the concierge says, you know, Mr. Braun or Miss so-and-so, how Mm -hmm. can I help you? You know, and they're just like smiling and you just feel their loving presence. Like, oh my gosh, they're just, they really are welcoming. They're making me feel so comfortable. Mm -hmm. That's what a guide, Mm -hmm. that's what a guardian angel will do when you pass over very quickly like that. But you know, whether you pass over very quickly or it's lengthy, the best way, and I always put this in layman's terms for people to understand, just as much as in this room that we are doing this recording right now, 
just as much as, you know, we have air, you know, it's it, the air's on, you know, it feels comfortable, everything feels fine. But when we walk outside this door, it's going to feel a lot fresher. Mm-hmm. Does it feel not fresh right now? Mm-hmm. No, it feels fine. The air is fine. It's totally comfortable. You know, it feels great. That's like, for example, if you're alive. And then when you pass over, imagine walking out the front door here and then getting a, a, a breath of breezy, you know, um, air that comes in. I'm like, wow, I'm not in that room anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm outside. Same thing when you exit the body. It's like, wow, I'm not in that body anymore. It feels so much lighter. Wow. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I'm excited to get answers. I, I hope I can get some answers about like aliens and, you know, <laughs> I just want, I have a lot of questions that I'm like looking forward to being like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. they, that's it. So when the spirit- so Real the, quick, you mm-hmm. said aliens, so I'll go on that right now. <laughs> yes. Do they exist? Go. Yes. Yes, oh, they yeah. do. Of course. Do you ever have them come through? No. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, you guys- I'm an extremely skeptical person. Mm. You know, I'm very grounded. I'm extremely skeptical. I won't refer out to another medium unless I've had a sitting with that medium. I will not refer out to a psychic. I refer out to mediums and I refer out to psychics, but I will never refer out to any person unless I've had a sitting with them myself and I know that they're the real deal because I am skeptical, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, Unfortunately, in my profession and other professions, just because you have the hours doesn't mean that you're any good. You know, just because you put in 3,000 hours to be an MFCC counselor, marriage, family, child counselor, doesn't mean you're a good counselor. Mm -hmm. You have those hours doesn't mean you're any good. Just because you've done many hours of mediumship or psychic ability doesn't mean you're any good. So getting back to that, I'm always very skeptical. And I'm kind of digressing going into aliens. I never really believed in them. Mm -hmm. You know, I just said, okay, well, yeah, maybe, whatever. Mm -hmm, And I remember I was down here um, at Pacific Palisades um, where I was living um, right after college for um, a few months. And I just was laying on the beach, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I forget which day it was, but I was just basically laying out on the beach. And I just kept on like focusing my eyes way up in the sky, just the blue sky. And then I saw like what appeared to be like four Mylar balloons. But I'm like, that can't be Mylar balloons because they're like way, way up there. They're like 10,000 feet. They must be huge. And I kept on looking at them and I didn't want to like listen to the kids, you know, that were next to me kind of like screaming because I didn't want to lose my direction from what I was seeing. And then all of a sudden these quote unquote four Mylar balloons, they moved to the left like about two miles. Whoa. And then they moved to the right three miles. And then they shot up where I couldn't see them anymore. There is no way that that's possible. And when I say two miles left real quick, three miles right real quick, and this is basically a good 10,000 feet in the air. So getting back to aliens, they exist. Do I understand them? I don't. And I feel that most people don't understand them just because mm. if, we, if we knew what was really out there, I don't think you guys, our brains has the capacity to understand it. Where we're at right now, our brains do not have the capacity to understand it. You know, going back to this country, when the American Indians, you know, roamed this country, and when the sail ships used to come in, the Indians on the land could never spot the sail ships because they've never seen anything like that before. And it was basically the chiefs that had to keep on pointing and, and to the tribe and saying, focus, look, look. Look, and then all of a sudden, these people were kept on looking, and some people saw it, and some people didn't, because sail ships were never in that person's 
mm. voc- vocabulary or, or mentality. Mm-hmm. So getting back to your question, do yeah. aliens exist? Yes, they do. But you know what? If we really knew, I think that it would just kind of overload our mm-hmm. minds. Yeah. I look forward to the time when we're able to like talk about that as like a nation or like a, a world. So when you're talking about um, these spirits um, that would greet people when they pass. So we like in our body, we would be like, oh, that's my grandmother or a dog because we would recognize them by the way that they look or would yeah, Absolutely. So do they still look like that in that body or is it what we're perceiving as humans? Mm-hmm. Great question. So when we pass over you, me or anybody else on this planet, we can pass over and stay at the age that we were. Mm-hmm. We can go back to an age that we really liked, oh. or we can continue growing along with our friends or family. Mm. Many times when we cross over and we see different family members or our pets, we will see them as we remember them in our prime, mm. in their prime, like good memories. Mm. So you will recognize them mm. just as much as you go through a photo you know, 10 years ago, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Just imagine that so-and-so walking through your front door right away and like, wow. There you are. Mm. So you are able to stay at the age that you wish, but you are always going to be able to recognize those people. And Mm. the people that will greet you are the people that you had that connection with. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of times with different people out there that don't have a family. You know, they don't have good relationships with their mothers or fathers. They, They don't have any siblings. And if they do, they're just crazy. You know, there's some of their friends, you know, are just odd and crazy and, and, the, the thought of passing over, I'm like, wow, you know, I don't really have a connection. I don't really have a family. Who's going to greet me? That's the concierge service. Those guides, the spirit guides mm. will just totally love you when you come over. Does that make sense, you guys? Yes. So never have any fears like who's going to be there. Someone will always be there for you. And it's out of total love. Mm. Can you um, describe what you are feeling, seeing, hearing in any given reading. I know it's different for everyone, Mm -hmm. but I remember in one of our first readings a few years ago, and I know you don't remember, but you were, you were experiencing a tightness in the chest and like you couldn't catch your breath. So it can be that physical. Mm -hmm. Could you describe what's happening? Sure. You know, I always tell friends and colleagues, you know, police officers, they get shot. Firefighters, they get burned mediums, we feel it all. Yeah. You know, we feel that bullet going through our body. You know, we feel the burning that we're trapped in that fire. I remember, you know, even when I gave um, a sitting years and years ago, and it's actually in my book, Life and Death, that you can um, actually, for those of of you that want to order it, you can um, order it through uh, um, my website, Tim Brown Medium. But I remember I was basically in this plane and and I was a male and I was telling this woman in front of me what I was experiencing. I says, I can't breathe. I says, this gasoline and the smoke is going through my lungs right now. And all of a sudden I said, I'm still alive. And all of a sudden it's like the floor underneath me just drops out and I'm, and I'm gone. And once I said that, this, these two women, it was a, I thought it was a mother and daughter, but found out later it was a mother and a daughter-in-law. Mm their husband or her husband, the woman's son, um, died, died in 9-11. So that was kind mm. of um, intense. Um, uh-huh. But all sittings are very, very individualistic. I will say that first and yeah. foremost. You know, sometimes I will see more than I feel. Sometimes I will feel more than I see. Sometimes I will smell more than I see. You know, sometimes I will see all of it, you know, at the same time. But that's why I always say when you go to a medium, the less the medium knows, the better. 
All you need to do is be open and receptive. And open receptive is like, okay, I'm going to go to a medium. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to sit in the receptive pose. And I'm going to smile or I'm just going to not, but I'll be open and receptive. I'm not going to give the medium any information. I'll let the, let the medium bring through. And that's the best thing to do mm-hmm. because I always strongly feel the less the medium knows, the better. So the information that comes through, it's, it's validated by what that medium sees. It's not because of the medium asking questions or uh, the person basically asking questions. You know, I remember going back about 12 years ago, a woman came in and she was nervous. She was really nervous to see a medium. She was referred to me, as she said, by three different people who all don't know each other. And she says, you need to go see Tim Braun. So I'm like, she goes, I'm here. And she goes, I have interest of being here, but she goes, I'm really scared. And so I says, we'll just sit down and, you know, have a seat. We're just going to do a two minute meditation. And then after that, we'll, we'll start. So after I started, the meditation was fine. And then we opened her eyes and all of a sudden she opened her eyes and she was, I sure hope my mother's here. She died four months ago. She had breast cancer. Her name was Mary Jane. Do you see her? I'm like, great. You just gave me all the information that I could have validated if she would have come through. So, you know, we were able to do the sitting and validate a lot of stuff, but I had to work a lot harder because I had to show her all these other things that she did not say. Does that make sense? Yes. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how we get the validation you know, who's coming through and and who's not coming Mm. through. A lot of our listeners have experienced grief and loss. We had some recently that wrote in our, we have a private Facebook group Mm. and they're very open and vulnerable and sharing. And so, you know, they were requesting that we have a conversation about grief and loss and how to cope. And I'd love to kind of open the conversation about that and how we can somehow like detach ourselves. Cause I feel like you were talking about the physical world is mm-hmm. kind of like a little yeah. bit burdensome in mm-hmm. that way and emotional. And there's just like this earthly drama to it. So how do you kind of guide your clients to Sure. To you know, um, I have a colleague of mine, she's at MFCC and she's wonderful. Her name is Karen Palmer and she's in Costa Mesa. And, um, she has done some different seminars and one of the things that she has said in one of her seminars is the day my heart stopped. You know, when you lose a child, when you lose a parent, that's the day that your heart stopped, you know, start beating, you know, and that's, that's very real to me Mm. because it's like, when you have that loss, it's like, oh my God, your it's like your heart stops, you know, getting through grief. It's like, you know, it's getting, it's, it's basically getting used to the new norm. The new norm is your son's not going to be walking through that front door. The new normal is mom's not going to be cooking the Thanksgiving dinner. And that's what it is, is getting used to the new norm, as I call it, or getting used to the new normal. So it's never going to be the same, but over time it gets better. And, you know, I'm always very transparent whenever I do my work, whenever I speak, whatever I say. And, you know, the, and I, this is in my experience now doing over 15,000 individual sittings in these last 22 years. The first year I've noticed after a loss, a person's in shock. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're numb, they're in shock. It's the second year, you guys, it's usually the hardest or harder than the first year because after that first year of numbness wears off, then you're realizing, oh my God, you know, they're not going to be walking through the front door. They're not going to be at Hanukkah. They're not going to be there at Easter, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So the second year dealing with grief is many times harder than the first year. I always recommend 
besides going to a qualified and talented medium, I also recommend going to a support group. You know, for parents who have lost children, you know, there's compassionate friends, and that's a worldwide support group for parents who have lost children. You know, I can bring through a son and a daughter with no problem into a sitting for a parent. But then at the end of the sitting, I will tell the parent, I can't imagine what you must be going through because I've never lost a child through death. So for me to go to that parent, mother or father, to say, I I understand exactly what you're going through, I think that's kind of like a slap on that parent's face because unless you have lost a child, you don't understand it. So I always refer parents who've lost children Mm -hmm. to go to a support group like Compassionate Friends. For those who have been um, affected by suicide, you know, I encourage those clients reach out to a support group that deals with suicide, you know, that just deals with that in itself. And there's other different support groups and grief groups that you can go to. Um, I've noticed that there's a lot of local hospitals that have it too, Mm. but that's always a good avenue. And, you know, as far as compassionate friends, as also going to other support groups, but I've seen some clients of mine that have gone to one chapter of compassionate friends and they got back to me and they says, you know, I really didn't feel so comfortable there. And I says, okay, I get that. I says, would you be interested in maybe trying another chapter, you know, maybe driving outside your zone, your city? And they said, yes. And so we researched and Googled and found another compassionate friends outside. And then they got back to me and says, oh my God, I love it. You know, mm. it's kind of like, I remember growing up as a, as a, as a Catholic in the church, some of those priests are so totally. boring. Totally. <laughs> Literally, and, I was changing churches every other week. With it was my like, mom. it's just so boring. <laughs> it's like, I remember some of the times we would drive like an extra 30 minutes because, yeah. well, we did it because the priest was like, he would speed up that mass so fast that we'd be out there in like 35 minutes. <laughs> I think that's really why we did it. But, um, but we actually liked the crowd and the people. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that you got to go where, where you, where you get that healing. Now, not everybody needs a support group. Not everybody needs a medium. You know, yeah. people deal with grief in their own way. I'm just using mediumship as an example, as an avenue. Compassionate friends, if you've lost a son or daughter or a support group like that. But for some people, those two might not be even the best thing. So maybe reading, you know, uh, different authors have, different, uh, has, have done different books on, on grief. Mm-hmm. Maybe read a book. Sometimes it's maybe having alone time, but again, everybody processes it different. Mm. So what could they, you know, if they were, if someone had a loss and they were to have a reading, what is like a common thread from the messages of those people? It's different from person to person. Sometimes it gives complete validation um, about what happened um, that people had questions with. For example, one woman came to see me and, um, Apparently, uh, it was her son who came through, and he basically was murdered, and she thought it was suicide. So she was able to do some digging and found found out that, yes, it was murder, even though that wow. the autopsy and the uh, coroner basically said it was suicide. And so sometimes you'll get closure that way. Um, other times, it's just the person coming through and really showing off their personality where the person who's the sitter in front of me says, Oh my God, that's that person. You've, you've hit that personality right on. Um, sometimes it's their way of showing different episodes, them being around your home or being at work for different things that have happened. 
and sometimes they're a little bit embarrassing things that have come through. Um, but that client has been able to, um, you know, validate that. Mm. And, you know, sometimes doing my work, it's a little bit embarrassing, especially, you know, when I'm like one-on-one in a, in an office um, with a woman um, (laughs) and information comes through, I'm like, okay, there's some personal things coming through right now. And so I just have to tell you, and of course, you know, after the first five minutes or usually 10 minutes of sitting with me, people totally get me. They're like, okay, this guy's for real. There's no problem. And they're open, you know? And so sometimes I'll have to look off to the right out my window to not look at their face because it's so embarrassing. I'm like, (laughs) your brother was telling me this morning that you were trying on the pink panties, but then you took them off and then you put on the green ones. And he thought that the green ones make you look fat. Oh my God. Now, how embarrassing is that? So oh embarrassing. Do you ever say no to Matt? Like, are you ever like, okay, I'm not doing that one? No, no. no. Because you know what? Oh my God. It's my There's job. Always, yeah. It's my job. And so. But aren't you like, pick a better message about the no, no, but the thing is, is that getting back to that one instance there, when I said that so embarrassingly, and I'm like, I have to say this. Yeah. That woman, you know, has been a client for life now because, you know, she said that was so real because yes, that happened. And she goes, I have no idea why I was thinking of my brother when I was putting my <gasps> panties. But she goes, I, she goes, but if he was here, he would have bet, he would have said, don't do the gray ones. You're going to look fat. So that gave the validation wow. that he was there. You mm, think that would wow. be coming from more of a boyfriend or a husband, right? Yeah. Um, but she thought of her brother because mm. he was always so brutally honest. Mm. So that comes through, but you know, um, it's just all about the honesty and the integrity because my goal is to really try to help lift the person's spirit, lift the vibration up, Mm. you know, you know, this, this world that we're in, it's a very, very tough world for all of us. And if we can just help out each other and make this planet a better place to live in, then I'm on board to do whatever I can. Yeah. So, you are a super conduit, but are we able to like communicate or have some sort of like better sense or strengthen our ability? Right. Sure. Sure. Great question. Most mediums like myself, you're born with it. However, every single person on the planet has sensitivity and has intuition. Mm -hmm. It's just that our societies has trained us not to pay attention to it. So getting back to the mediumship that I do, that's more specific. And I look at that as being born with that. Okay. Mm. But for those who have mediumistic abilities, you can strengthen those gifts by practice and practice and practice. You know, I kind of sometimes tell this story when I do big, large shows about always trusting your intuition and I'm kind of smiling saying this, as you can see, because you're probably like wondering, what's he going to say? I'm like, well, I'm going to go ahead and say it. But it's kind of like, you know, you know, five-year-old Johnny, you know, who is with his mom. And the mom is basically saying, okay, go up and give Father Riley a hug. And the child says, no, I'm not going to do it. No, no. And mm. then the mother goes, go give Father O'Reilly a hug. And that little boy goes, no, no, no. And, you know, the mother forces that child to go give that priest a hug. And then, you know, um, the kid goes, gives a hug, like he's like hugging a murderer and then he runs away. And then we find out 20 years later, mm-hmm. Father O'Reilly wasn't really the best person. This is a mm-hmm. common theme. This is a common our, theme. This is a common theme on so, our podcast. <laughs> so the thing is, is that if you do the reverse of that and that little Johnny is with his mom 
at the supermarket and all of a sudden, you know, the doors of the supermarket open and Johnny just runs, makes a, a, a mad beeline dash to the bum and just hugs the bum and just mm-hmm. like hugging the bum. The mother is freaking out. She like grabs the hand, pulls him away. What do you think you're doing? And if you look at it, that bum was really actually a good person, just mm-hmm. fell on hard times. And here that parent, because our society is saying, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. So if you always pay attention to your intuition, always, it will never let you down. Yeah. Never. It's just our societies, unfortunately, condition us, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. This is what's good. This is what's not Mm. good. What do you do as like energetic clearing practices or like how do you keep yourself clear and clean? Mm -hmm. For me? Yeah. The beach. Mm. Yeah. Um, I live near the beach. Um, I love going to the beach. Today was going to be my beach day, um, but I Thanks came to coming. downtown LA here to you know be here with you guys, uh, but I'll do that Saturday and Sunday. But the beach for me is my cleansing. Mm. Now, when it's not so much beach weather in the sense of jumping in the water, I still will go to the beach and I'll sit on the beach. You know, and I'll just basically bring a blanket or, you know, bring a hoodie and just watch the waves. But that's what's healing for me is the ocean. Now, that's what works for me. I'm not saying that works for everybody, but, you know, that works for me. And, you know, getting back to that, no matter what we do in the planet, whether, and by the way, there's a lot of us on this planet that are healers. It's just a lot of us don't realize it. There's a lot of teachers that are healers. And yes, I'm saying this, there are a lot of, auto mechanics that are healers, they just really want to help you. They want to tell you the truth and this is, they want to make sure you're safe. And that's a form of healing too. You know, there's just a lot of different professions out there, people doing the work, trying to help other people to, to heal. But getting back to others, others out there who are not mediums that also need to kind of recharge, I say, do what makes you feel good. You know, I personally feel that Las Vegas is God's armpit of the world. <laughs> it's so weird that you were, that you just said that. I was listening to a podcast uh-huh. with Shaman Dirk and he was literally saying the same thing. Oh, really? Where he had a, an experience there. They're like, get out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So I, I kind of look like at- in an, So it's negative. It's just, for, for me, it's very, very low energy. I so, the same way. you know, so the thing is, is I look at, you know, Las Vegas is God's armpit of, of the world. However, look at all the people from middle America that flock there. They do all their drinking. They do all their eating. They do all their stuff. And they come back to their jobs and they're much more happier. So you know what? Las Vegas works for them. It doesn't work for me, but it works for them. And we cannot judge them. That's where they're at. They need to be around the smoke, cigarettes. They need to be around the alcohol, the drinks. They need to be around all the, the lights. And then that makes them a better person going back to the jobs, the menial jobs that they might have, and they're, they're charged up. For me, it's the beach. For other people, it's watching reality TV. You know, we have to be honest with ourselves mm-hmm. what's, what's real to us. Does that make sense? Yeah. But for me, I would not go to Las Vegas and, and, and be there. But other people, that's where they get their, their charge. And the reason why I'm bringing that through for all your listeners is be honest with yourself what gives you your charge. And if it gets you a charge, it makes you a happier, better person that's going to sustain you for the next few months, do it. If, as long as it's not hurting yourself or hurting mm-hmm. anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A few more questions. Do spirits on the other side, are spirits on the other side all knowing of 
everyone, if that makes sense on, on, in the physical world, meaning like, could my grandfather, you know, know that Mm -hmm. something about Krista or someone that doesn't even know me, like kind of have an all knowing. Does that make sense? Um, Yes, it does. And in my experience doing the work that I have done, some people that have passed over who are quite in tuned and quite psychic, you know, will come through in the sitting and not really give any future advice. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen like grandparents or brothers and sisters who are totally atheists or totally agnostics and say, oh my God, in two years, you're going to have a baby girl. And then in three years, you're going to get married and all these different things. And it's like, really? That's really strange. It's coming from my brother who didn't even believe in life after death, didn't even believe in God. He was agnostic and sometimes atheist. And he's the one bringing that information through. And we found out, found out, two to three years later that it did come true. So it's very individualistic from person to person who who passes over. Mm. But many times, yes, the love connection, the bond connection with family keeps you tight. So for example, if Krista was in your life a lot, and let's just say, for example, you guys are um, roommates, and let's say, for example, you guys travel together. Yes, that grandfather or that brother or sister who knew and loved you mm-hmm. would be around you and would be seeing the people that you're around. Even though they did not know Krista, they'd say, Oh, you know, so and so needs to be careful here, or so and so is going to get this job. And because they're able to see that okay. now, and again, as I said, it's very individualistic from person to person. Some people will, will be able to see it, and some people won't. I know in our reading, your grandmother came through it. Mm-hmm. And I guess she said to me, looked over at me and said, who's that? <laughs> She's real <laughs> cut and dry. Is that how she was? I yeah. don't remember your sitting. Yeah, no, yeah. I know, I know, yeah. I know. No, I know, you I know. know. But yeah, she's really like stern, I guess. And she was like, who's that? <laughs> not very friendly. Yeah, but that, she's not very friendly. Okay. Just very like. Just dry. Okay. Dry. Okay. Um, so that was a validation that was, the, that yes. you knew that that was her personality. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know, a lot exactly. of times people think yep. that, you know, grandmothers are all very lovey-dovey cookies and milk. And if that happened with you that she wasn't, then that's a validation that's coming through. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So like when you travel a lot internationally, are mm-hmm. you ever in hotels or situations where spirits come through to you to talk to you? And are you ever scared or what's that experience like? Cause I could imagine going to like mm-hmm. Portugal and all these places yeah. that it's like, there's so many spirits. Yeah. Well, um, in the last um, 10 months, I've hit eight countries on my book tour and doing different shows in Zurich and, and th- in Italy and oh gosh. And even back in just a few months ago, even in um, England um, did a show there as well. But I love traveling the world and with traveling the world and doing different shows with all these different people, the one common thread just keeps on coming up that death does not discriminate. You know, death does not discriminate. Mm. Whether you're in England or in Italy, you know, everybody has loss. But getting back to your question, no, they don't bother me in the hotel rooms. And they num- they normally don't bother me until I basically do the opening meditation. And here's why. Going back years ago, this is going back about 21 years ago, maybe too much too much information, but I'll oh, tell please. you the truth. Um, <laughs> I remember waking up at two o'clock in the morning and it was completely dark and I had to take a leak. Right. Mm-hmm. So I basically knew the toilet was on the second door to the right. So, you know, have my eyes kind of half closed. Then I basically, you know, put my hand on the door jam. Okay. That's the closet. Mm-hmm. 
you know, next mm-hmm. bed. So basically, you know, for a guy, you know, when, when you're half asleep, you just want to sit down like a girl in the toilet to, to, <laughs> to, to, to tinkle, right? So I sat down on the toilet just to tinkle and, and, and basically I'm just kind of like starting to open my eyes a little bit. And then all of a sudden my eyes bugged open and I saw this woman in a red dress with a noose around her neck oh, hanging from my rafters in my apartment. And it scared the hell out of me. It scared what? me so much that I half slid off that toilet where some of the urine kind of like sprinkled <laughs> off to the left. <laughs> Maybe too much information, but I'm no. such a perfectionist and I'm like, great, now I got to clean up this urine because I <laughs> fell off the toilet, right? So I was pissed. And I remember going to bed that oh. night and I said to Spirit, I will work for you, but don't ever do that again. I need my sleep. If you want me to work for you, I will work for you, but do it at office hours only. Wow. And I said that very stern because I was pissed. I really was, you guys, because I just felt that was an invasion of privacy. And um, especially, more importantly, invasion of privacy. (laughs) 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 Um, Urinating on the toilet seat. But found out that next next day, of course, I had six sittings. And um, the first one came in. The second one came in. The third one came in. Then I took my lunch. The fourth one came in. And the fifth one came in. And then I looked at the man and I'm like, I'm getting a kind of a, just to myself, I'm getting kind of a feeling, did the meditation and that same woman that was basically hanging from her, you know, from, from a, a rope around her oh neck my in my rafters was standing right behind him. And I basically gave this look like, oh, there you are mm-hmm. like this. Cause he looked at me like, what was that look for? And I says, oh, well, I just want to let you know what I'm seeing. I didn't tell him about like last mm-hmm. night. I basically said, listen, I said, I've been sensing you know, her for, for a few hours now. And I said, this is her. And I said, there's this noose around this woman's neck and she's wearing the red, a red dress. And he goes, um, that was my wife. And she hung herself two months ago and red was her favorite color. So he was able to get that validation coming through, but getting back to your question with all the hotels I go to, um, no, they haven't bothered me since because obviously they want me to keep on working for them. Now, however, when I do go into some hotel rooms or homes, sometimes I'll have to walk out just to get some fresh air and then I'll go back in, I'll stage it just because the energy that's in there. That doesn't happen all that often, but at times it does. And Mm -hmm. I'll just get a piece of sage and, or an incense and Mm -hmm. I'll just stage it. And it basically neutralizes the energy for me. Mm. So if there was a spirit there, would they leave with the sage or like, what would the, cause what, like what would happen? Yeah. Sage basically eliminates and eradicates all negative and all evil energy, pure sage, Mm. you know? So basically it's like, it's like vitamin C fighting a cold, you know, sage is basically um, eradicating Mm. that. And so basically it neutralizes the, the energy. And so it just kind of clears the space. Okay. Good. Wow. And that, and that's great for everybody. I think that everybody should, should um, sage their home at least once a, once a month. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you keep all your windows open, you get a smudge stick of sage, and you go through the home. And the most important thing is always the intention, you guys. So you put that mm-hmm. sage stick in your hand. It's not about just going do-to-do, do-to-do. No. You put the sage stick in your hand, and you, you actually mm-hmm. have one right here, actually, mm-hmm. which is really nice. So you put it um, in your left hand, and you basically light it and you go counterclockwise, circle counterclockwise. If you circle counterclockwise, basically you're telling spirit, I'm erasing. I'm erasing any negativity. I'm erasing mm-hmm. any hardships. I'm erasing any evil. And you, what I do is I go from corner to corner to corner of the home until I end up right back where I started. And then as I'm doing the circling counterclockwise, 
I just say a personal pr- a prayer and I say, God bless this room. God bless this this house. Spirit bless this room. Um, it doesn't matter if you say God, Spirit, mm. Universe, Mother Mary. It's all the same. I say God. I'm old fashioned because you want to bring in that pure energy of just eradicating that. And that's it's basically like you know a lot of times people get their homes cleaned once or twice a month. This is just maintenance. Yeah, maintenance for your home. It's really really good to do. Wow. What are what is your um, belief about reincarnation? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, sure, I do believe in reincarnation. Unfortunately, I see that there's a lot of mediums that don't talk about it. But if you do the history on it, you go back in the second century A.D. and you look at the with the uh, Emperor Augustus and his mother Helena. Um, they actually deleted the parts in the Bible about reincarnation. The reason Mm -hmm. why is because they wanted to control the masses. So with that being said, I often wonder what else was deleted from the Bible. And when I hear these different stories and I do this different research, you know, I kind of feel that the Bible would have been like a, basically a bestseller, but then over the years, it's been chiseled down to being like a C minus flick, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. you know, and just, just saying it in layman's terms, but getting back to reincarnation. Yeah. We are, reincarnate in soul groups. And we reincarnate in soul groups in order to learn. So for example, um, a lot of your audience is going to have their mouths drop open right now. (laughs) uh, Their eyes bug out when I say this, but yes, you have picked your mother. Yes, you have picked your father. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have picked, picked your sisters. Yes, you have picked your brothers. You have picked your coworkers. You have picked all these people in your little soul group to reincarnate with, to learn lessons. So in this play, in this family, it's like a play that you're in. Mm-hmm. It's a long play, but you got to act it out. And you bat- you have to learn the different lessons, you know? And I'll just be quite transparent and quite personal to share with you. I have one sister that I, I have her number in my phone contacts as the Antichrist. <laughs> Seriously. I've definitely done that with my mom, like through my high school. And uh, it's really funny because it's like, it's going back about two years ago. The phone was ringing and someone says, Oh, your phone. I'm like, Oh, look at it. And they says, Oh my God, it's the Antichrist. I'm like, Don't answer it. It's my sister, Teresa. Don't answer it. She's crazy. She's crazy. And, you know, getting back on a reincarnation, getting back on a sincere note here. I have chosen this sister to be in my family. And what I'm having to learn is to send unconditional love and send some pure positive energy to her. And it's hard. It's very, very difficult. You know, I'm a medium, but I'm not a saint. You know, I'm human just like anybody else. And I'm in families just like anybody else. And it's really hard to send unconditional love to a person who is so Catholic that they're so hateful. Mm. But that's a lesson for me that I have to consistently send love. Do I understand her? I don't. Is she a good person? She is. It's just that she's very, very narrow-minded. And that just really Mm. bothers me. And so the reason I'm saying that in a very transparent way is if you guys out there in the audience, you know, have a sibling or a parent, you know, or whatever, say, what's the lesson I'm supposed to learn here? And if you say, what's the lesson I'm supposed to learn here, it won't be repeated next lifetime. That's what I keep asking with my mom. I'm like, wow. what is it? I'm like, I want to get this over with. Mm-hmm. So what I would say with that, Krista, is say, God, show me the good. What's mm-hmm. the good? Mm-hmm. Or spirit, show me the good. Mm-hmm. Show me the good with my mom. Show me the good. What is it I'm supposed to learn? Help me learn the lessons I'm mm-hmm. supposed to learn. Let me be open to the lessons I'm supposed to learn. And keep on saying that. And if you do, and you basically come neutral with it, then that won't be 
repeating in next lifetime. Wow. But a lot of us, a, good one. a lot of us don't want to do it. Like, hell no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it keeps on repeating. You know, it's kind of like I had a client about two years ago. There's these three men. She's young. She was only like about 45, 50 years of age. And these three men that are standing behind her. And I described each, each one. I got two of their names and, and all these validations that came through. At the very end, she goes, those were my three husbands. <gasps> <laughs> and so I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, right. I, I mean, I, I, I don't care. Yeah. I'm the most non-judgmental person because it's all about experiences here. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. And when she was writing her check and leaving, she was, you know, let me tell you something. She said, my first husband was the love of my life, but he was killed in a car accident. And we were only married for two years. She goes, he taught me that I'm capable of falling in love. <clears throat> the second husband was an alcoholic. And she said, he was quite abusive. The third one was an alcoholic and he was quite abusive. She goes, I look back at that. She goes, if I would have learned the lessons from the first one, she goes, I would have married the second, the, thir- um, the third husband, which would have been the second alcoholic. Do you guys get that? Yes. So yes. you have to basically, when you don't understand something, turn over to a higher power and say, show me the good. Help me learn the lesson. Mm, love that. That's powerful. There was within our reading too. So I, um, my my dad's mom I'm very close to and I was I've always been surprised because I've never had her come through ever. And I've always like wondered, I'm like, where is she? But I wonder so you said maybe she's reincarnated. So that would mean that they are a different are they are is it the same soul and then in a different body and place? Mm-hmm. So for a reincarnation, what it will be is when a person has a sitting with me, if that person comes through in the sitting, we know that they have not been reincarnated. If they're not there, it's a toss up. It's a Mm -hmm. crapshoot. We don't know if they're reincarnated or just not there. Mm -hmm. And how I know that is going back with one of my clients. uh, He actually is an attorney who's come to see me for the last 10 years. And he actually saw me month after month for eight months. Wow. And on the eighth sitting, you know, his mother who passed over kept on coming through. And Quite honestly, I act, actually liked having a conversation more with her than my client because he was this like stuffy attorney <laughs> totally. and the woman was like so cool. Um, <laughs> it was really true. And so I'm like, okay, I'll just deal with this. And all of a sudden at the eighth sitting, I looked behind him and my eyes were going like this, bugging open. He goes, what's your problem? And I said, well, there's this African-American because he was like white. He looks like he looked like Colonel Sanders. Um, <laughs> And uh, I said, there's this African-American, I says, and she's dark. I mean, this, this woman mm-hmm. was quite dark, um, hugging you, oh. kissing you, and she's calling me an asshole for not bringing her in sooner. And then once I said that, it was the first time in the eight sittings that a tear dropped down. And he goes, that was my fiance. I've been waiting for her to come in. Oh. So getting back to oh. when I say she could have been incarnated, could have been reincarnated. That's a big could be. Mm. Because, you know, the thing is, is that with my client, Ed, you know, he came back in eight times. I'm not encouraging everybody to go keep going back to a meeting time after time after time. But the reason I'm bringing that through is, is that it just shows that that woman was there because she was quite pissed that I wasn't seeing her. And when he wiped his tear, he goes, by the way, she likes you. And I says, how do you know? She just called me an asshole for not bringing her in. He goes, that was her favorite word for the people that she likes. Oh, wow. So the thing is, is that we never know. Yeah, We never know if that person's reincarnated or not. Mm-hmm. But I strongly believe that we reincarnate in soul groups. And when that last person, that soul group passes over, then we all change it up. So 
I don't know who is in each person's soul group. That's not my forte. So it could be like a great grandmother. It could be like a coworker. Mm, it could be a next door neighbor who's nice or a problem. It could be a nephew. It could be a niece. And then when that last person in that soul group passes over, you're all basically in a room in a way. And it's like, okay, you were my mother last time. I want to be the mother. You were my father last time. I want to be the son. Oh. Or you change it up. And many times I've seen even with brothers and sisters who are like so kind of like, almost like uncomfortably close. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, they seem like really close. Um, <laughs> but like, not in like the weird, like sexual way, but just like, kind of like they t- call each other like two times a week or three yeah. times a week. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But you look at the bigger picture, they might've had other lifetimes together as husband and wife yeah. or mother and father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're changing it up. So they still have that connection. Wow. Does that make sense? Yes, so you, it does. you just never know. It's like why you like somebody and why you want to do something for somebody when other people are like, why are you doing that? Why are you calling your brother three days a week, you know, or your right. sister? So mm-hmm. the best thing about the work that I do is, is as much as that we live in a judgmental world, try not to judge. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's hard for me not to sometimes mm-hmm. judge mm-hmm. Um, when I'm not doing the work. When I am doing the work, you know, everything comes through most open person and open-minded person you can see. But, you know, listen, I'm a human like everybody else. And sometimes things don't make sense to me. And I'm like, you know what? We just have to trust a higher power. Mm. Yes. I always get kind of like a hit that I, I want to come see you. So this guy goes once a month for eight months in a row. So do you just recommend like whenever you feel the pull? Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. just... Yeah, people ask that how how often. I says, no sooner than... than and I... I never said that with him because he was one of my first clients, but I tell my clients no sooner than two or three months. Mm -hmm. And that person says, well, I really want to come back. And I says, listen, I want to make sure that you get your bang for your buck. And I want you to listen to this recording. I want you to listen to everything that's come through. Let things settle. After two or three months, come back. You're more than welcome to come back. But really for you to get your bang for your buck, I want you to listen to the recording or look at your notes that you have that you have read or written while we did the sitting mm-hmm. and really absorb it all. So then we can take it to another level on the next sitting. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think that's mm-hmm. the key. Yeah. Because yeah. you always hear things in the recording that you didn't hear in the mm-hmm. sitting. I had, speaking of that, I had this um, one woman, um, she's actually a um, Superior Court judge. I never knew that until someone um, came like a couple of years ago and said, uh, said, uh, I said at the very end of the sitting, I said, how are you referred? And she says, Oh, by so-and-so she, who's the superior court judge. I'm like, I thought to myself, Oh my God, I never knew she was a superior court judge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, that woman years back, she brought her 21 year old son and he sat in on the sitting per his request because he thought I was basically a fraud mm-hmm. and he wanted to protect his mom. Mm-hmm. So he sat in the sitting with his arms crossed, kind of negative, but you know, that's fine. Um, and so he heard what was coming through and he listened, he listened. And then at the end, he's like, okay, all right, that's, that's, that's fine. All right. But he was still kind of skeptical. I could tell him, but that's not my problem. You know, mm-hmm. I'm only here to do the work that I need to do. And it's up to you to receive the healing. Then about two weeks later, he called me and he goes, you're not going to F and believe this. And I'm like, believe what? He goes, I listened to the recording. And he goes, remember when my dog that you brought in came in? I'm like, kind of, but not really. And he goes, well, you brought my dog in. And he goes, in the recording, I'm hearing the dog barking. (laughs) He goes, I played this recording back three different times and let three different people hear. And they said, how did your dog's sound come in on the recording? So that's just basically- 
Oh, did it? My grandfather, yeah. Uh-huh. You, he, not with you, but with um, another okay. medium years and years ago. And we were talking about his illness and on the recording only came through claps. And he used to do this with his hands because he had a twitch mm-hmm. and you hear this on the wow. recording. See, and it, so I always wondered, yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to actually ask you about kind of the... Sh- Mm-hmm. how they connect. Yeah. And that's great. That's great, great validation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, you know, for any of your um, viewers out there that are in the Southern California area, I'm going to be doing a show yes. um, at the Mission Inn on September 27th. Great. Mm-hmm. And so you can go to Timbron Medium and you can look at the uh, details there. And then um, after we do that show, um, we have uh, three LA shows um, in October, November, and December. We already have the dates. We just haven't advertised them yet. So they'll be going up live here in about three weeks. And then for those of you who are in Orange County, I'll be doing one or two shows around the holidays. And the reason why I want to do it around the holidays is just because there's so many different people mm. that are hurting. Now, for me, I'd really love this to take the holidays off and chill out, but I'm doing it with the intention of really bringing people together. And that's why I'm kind of focusing these around the holidays, just to kind of help people kind of get through the year. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you for coming. Oh, yeah, sure, you guys. Well, anytime you come back or if you want me to uh, come back and ask, uh, answer more questions for anybody that, you know, responds in or whatever, I'm more than happy to do it. No worries. So many questions. To see you. And if you're in the orange, do you do Skype too? Skype readings? uh, Not yet. No. Okay. Okay. Cool. I love the in person. Yeah, me too. There's something about it. Yeah, there's something about it. Yeah. All right, so people can connect with you at timbronmedium.com and at timbronmedium on Instagram. Definitely do that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I know our community has been so curious and a lot of them have experienced loss and grief and this is going to be so comforting. Mm, I hope so. That's Aww. my intention. Yeah. Aww. All right, guys. You. Thank you so much. I'll see you thank in the you. Facebook group. We love you. Love you. Bye. TB. TB. <laughs> We're going to do some cool events with TV in the future. Yeah, man. Freaking love him. I know. He's so funny because he's like a Kendall. He's a Kendall. So beautiful. Beautiful and tall. He's like 6'4". His body, guys. A Kendall. A Kendall. Rock hard. And he's just like this sweet, warm person mm. when people like that you know enjoy our their time on the podcast and love being around us i'm like maybe this is I, what maybe i am special you know i'm like oh yeah. maybe my spirit is good mm-hmm. you know it's really cool i just love that yeah so we're excited know. you guys definitely if you are thinking about speaking with a medium highly, highly re- recommend highly recommend highly recommend I don't know what that sound was in my ear. Sorry. That was literally a spirit in my ear. <laughs> Did it catch it? What? Did it capture it? Probably not. You guys probably didn't hear it on your end. Dude, that That's was so crazy. Weird. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> You're it, laughing because it was spot on. It was. No, it was literally like, it was like. You did it perfectly. It was like, good. Oh, Whoa, that was crazy. Ooh, wow. anyway. Whenever that happens, I want more. Same. That's the problem is I want more. Like make a, make a pop again. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to ask in advance. Like I forget who we were talking to. Oh, maybe it was either. Susie? Maybe Natalie. And she's like, I'll ask in advance or maybe it was Bri. Oh, I like that. Where they ask in advance, like if it's like maybe an hour from now, you know, you need like as simple as a parking space, like 
Oh, spirit cool. guides or, you know, you know, family members, loved ones that have passed, like I'd love a parking space right out front. And it's like oh. an hour in advance so they can kind of like work a little oh, bit. I like that. I'm always and it's late. fun. It's I fun. like that. I know I'm always late too, but it's fun to like kind of think about it. I always, and I always, I'm just, I want more magic stuff. So mm-hmm. I like keep saying I want more magic. Like I want more like crazy shit. So then I think you'll see it. If you're kind of looking for it, you'll see totally. it. Totally. Yeah. Totally. My dream really quick. My dream have been, I think I don't know what's happening in my dreams where I'm mm-hmm. like going back and kind of protecting myself. Oh, so this one was like, I started to turn, I started to become possessed in my dream oh. and I started to turn white and I turned into like a pile of ash. And Justin mm-hmm. was looking at me and I knew that I wasn't all the way gone. I'm like, oh, I still can be saved. And then we went outside of the house. We were in a haunted house, of course. I'm always in a haunted house. And we're outside of the house. And then I went back into the haunted house and I started calling on all these angels. And each time I called on the angels, there was like a spotlight that flashed until it created like one big light from cool. the angels. And everything was like all good. That's Isn't that so crazy? Cool. I was like, Uriel. I was like, Metatron. All these people and I like called all, it was crazy. Cool. It was crazy. Yeah. That's so interesting. I know. I had a dream too. You were in it. I forget. We're talking about someone named Butch. It was like something Butch. I wish I would have remembered it because it's so funny. Do we? Oh, we had Buck recently. Why did we have that Wait, name? Who's Buck? Buck. Remember? I don't know. I'm, no, it was Buck in my dream. Oh, it was? Did I tell you about that? No, but we, we recently either met someone or someone was telling us about someone named Buck. I hope. That's so weird. I know what you're talking about and I'm trying to figure out who. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah, they're like, Buck. I'm going to think of it. Yeah, I feel see? like it was on our travels to Portland or- I feel like that too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really good outro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. You're like, Sometimes we forget you're listening. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I know you wanted it to be over, but- um, well, thanks for listening. Thanks we'll, for listening. We'll think about Buck. And, we'll uh, see you in <laughs> ter- Vancouver. 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 So Vancouver, we have two dates. Um, so check out almost30podcast.com slash tour to come see us in Vancouver. They and will, last minute, LA, the 24th. Yeah. So that's happening yep. um, next week. Yep. That'll be awesome. And then we're going to be um, taking a little break, working on some exciting things for 2019. Um, for y'all and there are bomb, 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 bomb episodes. I mean, the next couple months, you guys are sorry, hot fire flames, hot fire, hot fire flames. It's kind of, it's, it's, I, I think about, I'm like, oh, so this is it. This this is best. Yeah. This is the best. And then it just keeps getting better. It keeps getting better and better. I just see some of the people and I'm like, dude. It's well-rounded. We're, we're it's so good. lucky, So man. we appreciate, so you know, lucky. feedback that you guys have given us on of uh, topics and people to have on. We obviously take that very seriously. So you are the reason why our episodes are hot fire flames right Truly. now. So thank you. Almost30podcast.com. Make sure to pick up your podcast pro guide that we created or I created um, like a year or so ago um, if you want to start a podcast. And then um, Almost30podcast on Instagram and join the secret Facebook group secret almost 30 podcast Facebook group. And then there are subgroups for your city. So make sure to check out subgroups in your city. Mm. Girls are meeting up all over at workout classes, brunch, um, going on walks, going on hikes. So you can meet your new potential best friends uh, by joining those groups. It's the coolest thing. The best. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your week. We love you. We love you. And we'll see you next time. Peace, love, crabs. Yeah.